I'm Kaitel. And I'm Joe. And we're the United Mates. Back in our school days, a shared passion for football brought us together as best friends. Today, we're separated by an ocean. I live in our hometown, London. And these days, I live in LA. But we still enjoy nothing more than chatting about the beautiful game. So we started a podcast. Join us. A few more old mates from school here and there. And new friends too from the world of professional football and beyond. This is the United Mates Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the United Mates Football Podcast. My name is Joe and as always I'm joined by my co-host all the way from LA, Kaitel. And we're also joined today by a guest who these days lives in London, but she actually comes from down under. So Ema McCarthy is a news producer and reporter, and she's currently working for Reuters. But since living in London, she's also worked for the likes of Al Jazeera, Euronews, Sky and ITV too. So, you know, a lot of a lot of big names there. But more importantly, or at least more importantly to me, Ema is a Spurs fan which is obviously great for me, not so great for my Guna co-host, Kaitel. But Ema, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. You've made me sound so esteemed by that <laughs> introduction. I really appreciate it. But I'm just thinking I should have worn my Spurs scarf. Oh, yeah. So you, you have missed a trick there. But it's all I right. know. But it's on me in spirit. Exactly, always. <laughs> I'm the only one, I guess, yeah, representing the colours. Obviously, I've got the Arsenal scarves behind Yeah, me. well, I do live in in Islington, so Ooh. I'm sure there's Enemy quite a few yeah. of you uh, around. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you can put up with one of us today, that's all you have to contend with. But yeah, hey, Emma, welcome. I'll try, the... I'll try. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, we typically kind of like to kick things off when we have guests by posing an icebreaker question to the group. And then even more typically, we typically, well, I've said it a bunch of times now, try to find something personal to them, which is kind of a nice way of saying that we've stalked your Twitter account, Ema, and we noticed that <laughs> when it comes to your meme and GIF game, which to be fair is very strong, there's one source of material that you tend to draw from more than any other, and it's The Simpsons. Um, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I actually have a tattoo of the Homer Simpson Bush GIF. So... I'm here for the Simpsons references, but today's icebreaker for all of us is who is our most underrated Simpsons character. So I'll go first and give you guys a little bit of time to think. For me, it's got to be Smithers. I think that the kind of weird one-way street of sexual tension that he has with Mr. Burns within their relationship is really hilarious. And then I've been saying for a while now, but I think that if they made a spin-off show with Smithers as the main character, I'd certainly watch the hell out of it. So Matt Groening, if you're listening, there's a free idea. But Ema, who would your most underrated Simpsons character be? Wow, this is a really, really good question and a real head scratcher at the same time. I'm going to say um, probably Martin. I know that it's it's a, a bit left field, but I think Martin's just, I would love to know his backstory, you know. I think he's just a character that hasn't been fleshed out enough, in my opinion. You know, we love Milhouse, we love Bart, Nelson. I think one of my favourite episodes is when they go on the road trip and they end up in, like, Capital City and they end up in, like, the wig um, storage place and Martin's in his little wig. And I think he's a, a really um, interesting character. 
Yeah, Martin, obviously, what well, they kind of set him up as the smartest kid, if not person in, in Springfield. And you're not sure yet yeah. if he's going to go down this kind of like academic route or this like scientific route, be like the next Professor Frink or something. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot totally. more to, to unpack from the, the Martin Prince character. Yeah. Um, Joe, we'll bring you into this. I know you're obviously also a big fan of The Simpsons. Who would be your most underrated character? Yeah, I am a fan. I was actually last night watching an episode I'd never seen before. It was like a sort of Mad Men themed episode, but I digress. Um, my my guy is, well, he's a puppet, actually. He doesn't appear much, but Gabbo. I absolutely love Gabbo. That episode um, is one of my favourite episodes of The Simpsons. So, yeah, it, it would have been nice to maybe see a bit more of Gabbo. I know he said that the kids of Springfield were SOBs, so he sort of got cancelled. But, um, yeah, he, he, was a, he was a great character. <laughs> nice. Okay, well, we, we've, we've had our little Simpsons chat for the today but now we're gonna we're gonna get back to um the important hard-hitting questions and we've got a few questions for Ema first um about her sort of life and experience and um, with football so as I mentioned earlier Ema you are of course a Spurs fan um so what I'd love to know is how does someone who grew up in Australia become a Tottenham fan and also what are your earliest memories of supporting Spurs? Well it's funny um that you say that because obviously well in the last few years they've become a bit more popular but um obviously like growing up Spurs weren't really a big team or with any big names but if you can't tell from my name my parents are Irish and my dad um has been a mad Spurs fan actually since Jimmy Greaves so uh his all-time favorite player and he my dad has been mad Spurs since then and also, Spurs aren't exactly a popular team in Ireland. You know, it's, it's big Liverpool, um, Man U. So Spurs was quite left field, but um, my dad has always been a huge fan. So that's how I started um, supporting Spurs. And my sister used to be mad for Man United. And I think that was purely because of Cristiano Ronaldo. And that now has gone completely and now she's mad Spurs as well. So um, my dad has, in all the time that I, I'm 27 years old, all the time I've known my dad, which is that whole time, um, I cannot think of him not watching a Spurs game live. Every single game he will be up and he will text me. Um, watching the game. So he is completely mad Spurs. And so that's how I go for them. Well, it's kind of interesting to see that you went through the family loyalty route and then your sister just went for like the heartthrob of, of football. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I don't know who that um, would be. But now she's game. come to her senses. Okay, so she's a, she's a Spurs <laughs> fan. It's a Spurs family affair. Perfect, perfect. Well, yes. I mean, I say perfect. I can't think of anything less perfect as an Arsenal <laughs> fan. But... I'll, I'll forgive you guys for now. Um, but sticking with your your sort of love for Spurs and uh, moving on to some traveling that you've done. Obviously, you're from Australia. You're living in England. You've sort of studied abroad. The Netherlands, France and Denmark even perhaps are places that you've spent some time. So when you're yeah. abroad and you're following football, Spurs in particular, has that been like anything that's led to some cool experiences? Maybe finding local Spurs fans or beyond that even when you've been living in these uh, foreign countries have you been able to embrace any of the local football culture at any point well I so I studied abroad in um, the Netherlands and Denmark and I worked in France for um, a bit in 2019 so obviously Holland and Denmark two 
soccer. Sorry, I say soccer. That's a bit of a point of uh, contention well, the there. Maybe we're like, <laughs> yeah, right. um, so obviously to um, mad soccer countries. Um, I studied in Holland in Utrecht, where it is impossible to get a ticket to any game because as well their stadiums are so small not Ajax stadium but like the the smaller teams you do kind of forget that these cities are really just like glorified towns so they're um it was impossible to get um tickets to a to a Utrecht game but um when I was in Denmark I studied in um a town called Aarhus which is the second major city I also say city quite lightly um but I did I adored it absolutely loved it um but it was really funny because when my dad came my parents came to visit me when I studied there and um my dad was like hearing rumblings about this guy called Christian Eriksen who of course went on to be such a, a prolific Spurs player. Um, so my dad literally, whenever he'd read anything about Christian Eriksen, would send me every article, every like, you know, just I was so clued in. Um, in terms of Spurs fans around the world, they're really, really rare. I have come to find. Um, there's been a few, I'm trying to think since I've come here, um, if there's been many. I know that I've actually seen, quite funnily enough, a few Australians who've chosen them as their team once they've moved here. Um, but one thing I really remember of like Spurs whilst being abroad is years back now, probably coming up to like nine or 10 years ago, I was at a market in Cape Town of all places and there was a clock seller and he was purely selling Spurs clocks. <laughs> so I bought my dad. That was like his clock. career. He made his living. <laughs> He made yeah. his thing selling spurs. And I am very proud to say that my dad still has that clock hanging. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, totally bizarre. But I went to my first Spurs game in the old, uh, at White Hart Lane in 2009, I believe. So this is the era of, like, Gareth Bale, um, I just really wanted to go because I heard that Jude Law was a fan and I thought I'd maybe see him in uh, in the crowd, but I didn't. But, um, yeah, that was my my first Spurs game that I went to. Nice. Yeah, I miss the old White Hart Lane. But the new, one's pretty, yeah, the new one's pretty good too. We just need to get back there. It's just all this bloody COVID getting in the way. But That's um, it. I'm actually meant to be seeing Lady Gaga there later this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm also holding out for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed that goes ahead. But yeah, we'll um, we'll talk just about your career for a sec. Um, and we said, obviously, at the start, you know, you've worked since you've been in Europe for Sky, ITV, Al Jazeera, Reuters. Um, and I know, obviously, back when you were in Australia, you were also working in the media there um, for a variety of places too. So how have, um, how's your career in in Europe compared to your career in Australia? Is it is it different? Is it much the same? Do you enjoy it more here? 
Very, very different. It's almost like um, apples and oranges. Um, I, when I was in Australia, when I left Australia, I was reporting regionally and that, you know, moving from very small town Australia to arguably the second major media city in the whole world. It was uh, a big jump, but I had worked in um, producing before. So I knew kind of like the basics. And um, really when I came here, it was, you kind of realise just how much there is going on, how many news organisations, how many companies, how many opportunities they are if there are if you really go out and grab them with both hands. So there was a lot of cold calling, a lot of cold emailing, a lot of knocking on digital doors um, and taking anything. So I did overnights. I did those dreaded midnights to 10 a.m.s, 11 p.m.s to 9 a.m. shifts. I did, you know, midday till midnight shifts. I've done all the public holidays I've missed all the fun (laughs) and then last year came along and it was regular shifts and not much fun elsewhere so um I think here in London it's just so much more fast-paced which I love and there's so much more diversity here as well in terms of the news and in terms of content and people that you work with as well and you know there's so many people from all around the world and with so many different backgrounds and different stories. And it's just such a melting pot um, that really you can't even compare Australia's news industry with the UK. Well, you bounced around a little bit, Ema. We were talking about obviously Australia and England and um, some other places where you worked and studied. I'd say if you end up coming over to the States, just don't work for Fox News. That's all I would <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, a job's a job. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, no. No, 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 no. Maybe Trump news. Do you think Trump news would have me? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think America, though, Careful saying that, it's for. funny you raise it because America is definitely where I would like to work next. Oh, yeah, no, the news world over here is, I'm sure, maybe, a, well, perhaps very similar, but in some ways, maybe a different beast. It's, it's, it's definitely. Oh, yeah kind of a, a, a circus in some ways for from from my That's perspective. for sure. But um yeah, I think Fox News is I think maybe the most watched TV show in the world or something like that. So the ratings are there. Um otherwise let's move on to a, a bit of fun. Uh, we have a kind of silly game. Um I don't know I'm kind of a sucker for puns and so I don't even know if this is a pun. I'm just calling it the three McCarthy's. Obviously that's <laughs> working on your last name Ian. Okay. I've, I've grabbed um sort of facts and tidbits about Three footballing McCarthy's. Uh, oh, Benny. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. I'm not going to do too much of a deep dive into into your your the skeletons in your closet or anything like that. You don't have to worry. This is going to be yeah, <laughs> Benny, Mick, and James. So, um, I've got I think eight of these, and they're kind of not. They're maybe true or falses, or just guess which one's correct. And I'm going to give you guys the questions, and you'll take turns answering first to keep it fair. So, the first question about these three McCarthy's is that two of them not only share a surname, but actually happen to share a birthday, which is November 12th. So out of the three McCarthy's, who's the odd one out in this situation? And remember, it's picking from Mick McCarthy, the former Wolverhampton and Ireland manager, (laughs) Benny McCarthy, the South Africa international footballer. And then the only one who's still playing is James McCarthy, who plays for (laughs) Crystal Palace. So Emer, I'll pass that off to you first. 
Um, two of those McCarthy's share the same birthday. Which one doesn't? Mick. Okay. Joe, what's your guess? I'll go with Benny. I have to say it's actually Mick. Um, <gasps> his birthday is February, February 7th. So he turned however old he turned. Oh, <laughs> so that's one point in the bag for Ema. But next time I'll, uh, I'll let Joe go first. So Joe, <clears throat> which McCarthy has the most international appearances out of the three? Ooh. I reckon Benny does. Okay. Ema, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say the same. Alrighty. Am I allowed to say the same? Yeah, of course. I mean, okay. at this point, the scores are not even, so you can, yeah, <laughs> you can go as long as you guys don't guess the same for all of them from the beginning. <laughs> so okay. You guys are both correct. Um, <gasps> Benny has eighty appearances versus Mick, who had fifty-seven for Ireland. Currently, James has forty-three, also for Ireland. So moving on to the next one, it's let's see. Two of these McCarthys have had loan spells during their career, but one has never temporarily left their parent club. Who's that, McCarthy? Uh, Emo, you can go first. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm actually going to say Benny again. Okay. Joe? Yep. I just can't remember James McCarthy having a loan spell, so I'm going to have to go with James. <laughs> very educated guess, Joe. It is James. Oh, so, I love it. Love it. Even things <laughs> up at two apiece now. Moving on to this next one. <laughs> These... Three McCarthys have all played and or coached in Scotland throughout their careers, but whose last spell north of the English border came most recently? Joe. Uh, so Benny McCarthy's been in Scotland. Is that a thing? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I'm going to go with James again, my, my guy. All right. Ema, which McCarthy? I'm going to go with Mick. Okay. It's actually... Benny, who supposedly oh, retiring, was part of um, a former Everton players coaching staff on a team up in, I think he played like Hibs or something like that. Is there, oh. would, there would there be a Scottish David Weir or something like something weird? He like joined one of their coaching teams. But yeah, apparently back in 2015, Benny was in Scotland. <laughs> um, next one. So I think what, neither of you got that, huh? I didn't know. Great. All right. Two McCarthy's had the honor of playing for their hometown clubs during their careers. Which McCarthy didn't? Ema. Benny. Okay. Joe? I think I'm actually going to agree with Ema and say Benny as well. No, it's James, who actually randomly, oh. despite being Irish, was born in Edinburgh. Um, oh. oh, trick question. Where, uh, Mick McCarthy played for Barnsley, which is where he's from. And uh, Benny McCarthy the played for town of Spurs. Yeah, exactly. And he's from Cape Town. So... Uh, moving on, I think what you guys each have two. We'll see if we can separate you by the end of this. Which of our McCarthy's has the most appearances for a single club during their career? Joe? Uh, I reckon Mick's just played somewhere for ages. I'm going with Mick. Ema? James? I'm afraid it's Mick who had 272 <laughs> oh, appearances, yeah. I believe, while he was at Barnsley. He was very loyal to his, to his hometown, was Mick. Yeah, he, he just seems like a loyal guy, Mick, I've got to say. In fact, if you added uh, Benny and James's longest stints together, it still wouldn't reach that number. Um, that is a great stat. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Someone has two. been crunching the numbers. <laughs> oh, this has been... I'm putting this together for weeks. spreadsheets and everything um all right one of our mccarthy's made his senior debut at the age of 16 whereas the others began their professional careers when they were both 18 years old which spry mccarthy was the youngest on the scene ema benny benny joe 
I think it's my guy, James. I'm pretty sure it's him. You've got the James McCarthy knowledge, Joe. It was James indeed. For, uh, Hamilton Academic. Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton was, uh, 16 years old. Uh, I think the other two lads, like I said, were both 18 when they made their senior debuts. I think without having kept as good track of the scores as I should have, which, which I never do, to be honest with you. I think Joe might have ran out with that one, like 3-2 or something. So I think and so. And then pride, yeah, goes to, to Joe. Uh, I know my McCarthy. Turns out that you do. last name McCarthy doesn't give you an insight into other people with the name McCarthy, apparently. Now we know. Now we know. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. It's for sure, indeed. But now it is time to talk a little bit more about Tottenham Hotspur. So, Ema, it is a... It's an interesting time to be a Spurs fan at the moment. We're, we're not doing that well in the league recently. We started well. It's kind of gone a bit downhill. A lot of fans are unhappy with Jose. But at the same time, we're in the last 16 of the Europa League now. We've got a Carabao Cup final to, well, I say look forward to. We're playing Man City, but that, that's in April. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to say if things are going well or not. What what do you think, Imre? Are you satisfied with how Spurs have fared so far this season? Well, you know, I always go by what my dad says. <laughs> and the last message that I had from my dad was, can you keep me posted on when Spurs will be sacking Mourinho? Mm. So <laughs> he is not very happy. I think, I think that they might have gone too hard too fast, too early. And that momentum has not continued. Um, And I think, you know, obviously soccer expert over here, I think that the team is relying too much on certain players. And I think that that's just not putting them in good stead. And I think, I think it's a bit hard to be, to be that impressed and that confident at the moment. Um, you certainly would know more than I. What What are your thoughts? Oh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm sort of. I'm quietly confident now. Gareth Bale looks like he's on the up, which is incredible because if, if Bale starts playing well, like you said, we've relied far too much on Son and Kane. So why? Don't, yeah, exactly. So let's rely on Son, Kane, and Bale. That would be a bit. <laughs> better. Um, and then um, Eli Ali scored a bicycle kick last night, which was great. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. So I mean, if he can if he can get back to some form, that would um, that would be a massive plus um, for the squad. So yeah, I I don't really know how I feel about it. I was I was very excited a, a couple of weeks ago after I was I was at my my lowest point with Spurs for a while, and now I'm kind of back on the up again. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Kai, from from an Arsenal fan's perspective, I know you're not. I wouldn't say you're objective because you don't like Tottenham, but what it. Should Spurs fans be satisfied at the moment? Do you think it's a, for our squad? It's about right, or are we have we messed up a little bit? What do you think? I was going to offer to skip my opinion because I don't know if I can not be smug about it. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, no, you're massively underperforming right now, um, especially given the investment into the squad at the beginning of the season with what the permanent signing of Lo Celso and then adding like Doherty, bringing in Bale additionally, you finally in theory got some actual backup to Kane with Vinicius and it doesn't still make, still has made no difference. So apart from in like the, the league cup and the Europa league, maybe. So, you know, I'm not sitting here on like a high horse, like Arsenal are any better than you guys are. If anything, well, we're both, you know, kind of going through the mire. So maybe misery loves company, I guess. So, so yeah. <laughs> Otherwise um, I think moving on to a more sort of broad Spurs question for you Ema I wanted to know from like my perspective 
being an Arsenal fan essentially means, sadly, having to live in denial. It does mean holding high standards when it comes to like the aesthetic side of the game, appreciating beautiful football and whatnot. And I think also it kind of means backing the manager and young players at the club. So to me, that's what it's like being an Arsenal fan. But for you, Ima, what does it mean to be a Spurs fan in the bigger picture? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, my gosh, I think for me, there's just something really sentimental about it. You know, the fact that my dad is such a big fan and has been for his whole life. And then that's been passed down to my sister and I. And I think as well, it's like a global, I think there's something though with every team, isn't there? As soon as you find someone who also goes for your team, like that's just a, an immediate connecting point, I guess. You know, it's really strange because obviously I said I lived in Islington and, you know, that's the very, very south of North London. But there feels something like really like uniting about being a Spurs fan and living in North London. I think there's something to be said about that, you know, even though I'm smack bang in the middle of Arsenal territory, I live around the corner from the Emirates. I think there is something that you do feel an extra element of connection living within the realms. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I would see um, being a fan, but I guess as well, you know, this is obviously from the outside looking in for many, many years. So yeah, I think to live here and to live in North London where your team is from is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. But yeah, living near the Emirates will have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that might have to change. But, you know, it's probably, to be, if I'm honest, it's probably better to be living near the Emirates than it is to be living near the Spurs Stadium, if I'm honest. Uh, I feel bad saying it. but sad. Very true. It is, it, it is true. So, um, yeah, that's, and, you know, there's there's some nice bits around the Emirates, I suppose. Um, but um, I know, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but um, you've spoken a lot about, your dad and your dad loved Jimmy Greaves and that was kind of what got him into Spurs. But since you've been supporting Ema, who would you say over the years, um, who's been your ultimate favourite Spurs player and why? Oh my God, it has to be Son. Like he's just out of this world. And I think, you know, beyond the pitch as well, you know, he's done so, so much for the team's brand and for the Spurs brand internationally, especially in what is such a lucrative market, Asia, um, being this beloved figure in South Korea is just, I think, fantastic. You know, a country that has hosted um, a World Cup and has produced many players, I think to have this young gun um when Korea is like the cool, I mean, I can't think of a country right now that's cooler than South Korea when you have, for example, you know, K-pop is the biggest music phenomenon in the world. Parasite was the winner of Best Picture last year. There's so many Korean dramas. I saw today Netflix is investing $500 million into new Korean dramas. And then to have arguably the best player in the world at the moment playing for Spurs and from South Korea. I think he's just beyond what he has done for the team. He is just beautiful to watch. He is unbelievable. Um, And 
all I can hope is that he stays and he sticks around. <laughs> From a neutral perspective, even, Son is one of the more easy Spurs players to, I shouldn't say like, but to not dislike, maybe. Yes, He's, uh, very diplomatic very of you. <laughs> I think, yeah, I try. Otherwise, with uh, Son, it's surprising. Like, I think their sort of reputation that he came in with was a young star with a lot of potentially been playing in the Bundesliga and doing well, but... I think it's probably eclipsed whoever signed him's expectations and that of all of the Spurs fans as well. Nobody probably saw him going as far as he has and turning into the player that he is. I think obviously Real Madrid have been linked with him for a while. So if you can hold on to Son, that's going to be important, especially coming. <coughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> Zeus agrees. He's, he's strong, vehemently agrees. Everyone agrees. Yeah, exactly. Everyone agrees. I think as well, it's really cool, you know, the fact that he did his military service, which is compulsory um, in South Korea. I think that the fact that he, you know, did that with such little fanfare as well, it just shows he's so humble and so gracious and just on and off I just think he's a really fantastic sports person and a great role model as well for a lot of young players coming up because you know soccer players aren't exactly the most loved athletes but I think he's just an example of a fantastic player and person. Yeah, you've seen the likes of Foden and Greenwood sneaking out of an Icelandic hotel to meet <laughs> some, some young women. You, you wonder what they would do to get out of um, military service. You can only imagine. Um, <laughs> moving on totally. to, uh, I guess, maybe our, our last subject, which is going to be, I mentioned we'd come back to it, Australian football and the Socceroos. So from my very outsider perspective, seemingly, at least on the international scene, the Socceroos have been in a bit of a decline since the days of Harry Kuehl, Tim Cahill, and Mark Viduka, who I just have to put in because every time I mention it, someone tells me he's Croatian. He's not. He's not Australian. So <laughs> he's, he's Australian, guys. He, he's Australian, right? <laughs> anyway, um, so moving on from, from Mark Viduka, anyway, the team at the minute, to my knowledge, has yeah not been able to really replicate the success or like achievements of moving far in tournaments that they used to. Generally speaking, what, what's your opinion of Australian football culture? Uh, but beyond that, what's gone wrong? A very, very interesting question because um, obviously in Australia, there's quite a few codes. So the reason we don't call it soccer is because we have two other footballs in Australia. So we have Australian rules football and we also have rugby league, which in there's a literally in a map of Australia, you can cut a line in it and it's called the Barassi line. So Ron Barassi was a, um, a prolific Australian rules footballer and half calls AFL football. The other half calls um, rugby league football. So already, you know, soccer didn't really attract the, the supporters that, um, the other footballs did. But I feel that all changed in 2006 when the Socceroos qualified for um, the World Cup in Germany. And I still remember in 2005, I was in grade six, I remember watching Australia beat Uruguay. Like I still remember that, you know, 15, 16 years later. That kind of says a lot about um, how it was a real turning point for soccer in Australia and you know everyone would 
get up and watch um, the Socceroos play. And I remember when we were knocked out by Italy, it was just the biggest, um, it was the saddest day for Australia. Um, So I do think that, you know, Australia gets this kind of soccer fever every four years. But at a grassroots level, um, soccer has always been popular. I think given Australia's um, really, really large immigrant population, especially from places like Italy, um, and of course as well, you know, Australia has a huge British population and a British diaspora and there's um, obviously huge support um, from those communities as well and people that um, have always played it and watched it and it is still quite popular with younger kids. But whilst the Socceroos aren't that great, the Matildas, the female team, are fantastic and deserve so much more recognition than what they get. So I think the future looks really bright for Australian soccer and there's a lot of I hope that there will be a lot going into it at a grassroots level and also at a professional level because there is a lot of talent in Australia as I said look at the Matildas Um, and I think if we really focus a lot more if we give it more attention you know soccer is still played on networks that don't get the the viewership of um, other networks. And there's also a lot of the Premier League, for example, Bundesliga, Serie A are all pay-per-view as well. So I think it just needs to reach a wider audience and especially female soccer needs to, to be reaching a wider audience. But I do think, I do think that the, the future is bright for, for the sport in Australia. And I mean, of course, Australian rules football and rugby league, they're always going to be popular. But, you know, who's to say that um, soccer can't reach those same levels? Maybe Australia just needs to host a World Cup and then that will all change. Maybe you'll have the opportunity through your TV work to give more exposure to some of the, the Australian yeah. football. And um, I'm embarrassed even, yeah, that I didn't necessarily mention the Matildas off the bat because obviously they are so brilliant. Um, I just wanted to mention real quick before we move on to this last little game that we have. Um, do, do either of you remember, was it John Travolta in the build-up to one of the World Cups was like filmed? There's all that footage of him in the Australia scarf and he's like singing like some song from Greece, but like trying to put like what? Australian football lyrics into it. And it's really but awkward. Didn't that have to do with, wasn't he flying planes for Qantas yeah, was, at the time? Yeah. It, this is all sounding familiar, yeah. This is coming back to me. I guess yes. I was asking, yeah, what was that? Was that a th- was that like a thing in Australia where people aware of John Travolta doing this bizarre Greece Australian soccer? I need to look song thing. right after this. God. Yeah, yes, so do I. I need to refresh my memory, but it's sounding very familiar. But I think it had to do with Qantas. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I've, I've probably sidetracked us enough, so I'll, I'll, I'll zip my lips for just a moment. But. Yeah, that is, I didn't think I'd be learning that today, but there you go. <laughs> the beauty of um, the podcast. But um, Ema, earlier you mentioned, obviously, there's two more footies in Australia. There's um, Rugby League and then there's also Aussie Rules. Um, but we're going to have a little final game here, which is going to focus on the English football 
and then Aussie rules. Those are the two ones we're going to focus on. And okay, good, because I know nothing about rugby league. Oh, great. Yeah, no, neither do us. So it's, it's, <laughs> we don't know anything about Aussie rules, but that's beside the point. What we're going to do is I'm going to give you a name of a club and you have to tell me if it's an Australian soccer team or if it's an Aussie rules team. But to make it a bit harder, there's going to be no teams from the AFL or from the A-League. So there's going to be some pretty random teams in here. So we're going to be testing um, both of your niche knowledges of Aussie rules and football. So here we go. Here we go. I'll get the first one up here. Okay. So the first team is called the Orbust Snowy Rovers. Um, Ema, do you know which sports the Orbust Snowy Rovers are from? Do you know what's really funny? Orbost was in the region I worked in as a reporter in uh, regional Victoria. And this is bad because I don't know, but I'm going to go with AFL. AFL you're going with. Okay. Kai, what about you? Something about Rovers just makes me think of football, football. So I'm going to go with soccer. Okay. Kai's gone with soccer. Ema's gone with Aussie rules. Ema, so... This team plays in the East Gippsland Football League, but it's an Aussie Rules League. So they are. An, you got you got the Gippsland. <laughs> also, I'm yeah. going to pick you up there. Gippsland, not Gips. Oh, Gippsland. Oh, Gips. There we that go. was my region. So that's the only reason yeah, that I yeah. can speak e- with authority on that. Gippsland Football League. Fantastic. Okay. So Ema goes one up there. Let's go for um the next one. And this is, of course, the Riverina Rhinos. Is this Kai. me going first? The Riverina? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, the Rhinos. Rhinos. That's a manly rugby, football, Aussie rules thing. Uh, sure. Yeah. Aussie rules. Okay. Aussie rules for Kai. Ema, how about you? I'm going to go soccer. Ooh, okay. Again, conflicting answers. Only one of you can be right. And I can reveal Ema's gone 2 0 up. They play in the NPL Capital League, apparently, the Riverina Rhinos. I agree, Kai. It does sound like a kind of rugby or Aussie rules type thing, but apparently, no, it's a it's a soccer team. So there we go. 2-0 to Ema. And let's go for the third team. And this one is a very weird name. It's just Sturt. Um, Kai, how about we'll start with you again? What is Sturt? How do you spell Sturt? S-T-U-R-T. I imagine it must be a place. Okay. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I imagined it would be spelled. It still doesn't help. Um, <laughs> uh, let's go for a Socceroo-type situation. Yeah. Okay, Socceroo. Ema, how about you? What are you going with? Yeah, I'm going to go Soccer as well. Okay, we've got, we've got two Socceroos for Sturt. But it's an Aussie rules oh, team. They play in the um, the Adelaide League. Um, Sturt. There we oh, go. oh, Sturt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There we go. So it's still 2 0 to Eva. Can I pull one back now? Um, Eva can answer first for this one. And the team is called Warner's Bay. What do you reckon? Soccer. Soccer. Okay. Kai, what about you? I'm still looking for Bay. That was a bad joke. Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, let's go with uh, soccer. Yeah. Soccer. Two soccers. Well, Kai's got his first point on the board. You've you've both got it right. Of course, Warners Bay from the Newcastle Zone Premier League. um, Of course. There's a famous uh, team in the A-League called the Newcastle Jets that I think Emil Heskey 
even played for once. But yeah, Warners Bay, they're in that sort of New South Wales region. Um, where should we go for next? Okay, Kai, you can answer first here. I love the name of this team. The Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Let's go for Aussie Rules. Aussie Rules, okay. Aussie Rules for Kai. How about Farina? Soccer. Soccer, okay. Sun, su- sunshine Coast Wanderers. Ema's got it right again. She just knows her team. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that because there's a Western Sydney Wanderers. So I put the two together and... There we go. Yeah, this this Wanderers, they play in the Queensland Premier League. And yeah, bad team there. Right, let's go for it. We got, we got a few more left. Um, let's go now and Kai can start us off again. I don't know if I'm even going to say this right, but Dookie United. Dookie? Dookie. I hope it's Dookie. not. Oh, it is. All right. Yeah. Dookie? Yeah. yeah. We'll go with that, that. That wouldn't go down well in America, that name. Really? I'm not even going to get into it. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. What if I got myself into that? Um, no, it's not like an insensitive thing. It's more, oh, just, good. more just gross. But anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we're Dookie United, United, yeah. Let's just go for soccer because of United. okay, guys, go for soccer. Eva, what are you going for? Yeah, I'm going to go with soccer as well. Yeah, I've I've, I've tricked you both. I did think that you know it sounded like a football team, but no, it is an Aussie rules team from the the Kia Bram and District Football League. There we go. What these are just some great names and great places in Australia, and we've got. I've got one more for you guys. Um, I think maybe Ema's ahead. Uh, well, no, you're definitely ahead. I think that you, you probably won, but you know, we'll do one more for Pride. And this one is Green Gully. Kai, you can uh, kick us off with this one. Soccer. Soccer, okay. And Ema, what, what are you going with? AFL. AFL, okay. Well, Kaitel might not have won, but he ends on a positive note. Green Gully, they play in the, the NPL Victoria Football League, apparently. Um, yeah, and it sounds, yeah, sounds very weird. I don't know how, it must be a place or something like that. But um, yeah, Ema, you, you've proven to us, you know, your obscure soccer and um, Aussie rules teams. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll wear that with pride. Yeah, you'll never, you'll <laughs> never forget Green Gully ever again. No. <laughs> um, right. That is actually, um, that does bring us to the end of today's show. So um, as always, a big thank you to my co-host Kaitel. And then obviously a special thank you to our brilliant guest, Ema, as well. We hope you enjoyed yourself. And also, Ema, how can our listeners follow you and keep up to date with everything you're doing? You can follow me on Twitter at Ema A. McCarthy, E-M-E-R-A, and then McCarthy, spelt the normal way. And you can give me all of your Spurs knowledge and all of your Spurs hot takes and all of your Simpsons memes, most importantly. (laughs) And I will be happy to interact. Fantastic. Everyone, send your Spurs takes and, yeah. (laughs) Get those, get those Simpsons. Come on, you Spurs. Oh, yeah, come on, you Spurs. Love it. <laughs> what a way to end. But um, also for everyone, um, remember to follow us as well on our social channels across Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. That is at United Mates FP. And then we're on YouTube as well. So, um, yeah, just type in United Mates Football Podcast there. And if you'd like to subscribe, we'd, we'd like that a lot. Um, that is, sadly, all we've got time for. Thank you very much and goodbye. <laughs>